What was the result? Three, three premiership, three for me and two for them. What is up, guys? We are back recording a podcast here. Uh, I know it's been a little while since we've put a podcast together, but uh, we got all four of us here tonight, and we're excited to deliver some content to you. Uh, To kick things off, I thought it would be fun to talk about the different, a different type of football. Who do you guys think is going to win the Super Bowl? Uh, So just for our listeners in terms of, uh, you know, where we are, uh, I think at this point we got the Bengals, we got the 49ers, we got the Rams, and then currently I have it on the screen here, but we got the Bills versus the Chiefs. Uh, so I will get things started. I feel like the easy answers here, probably the Chiefs. But um, Pranav, why don't you kick us off, and then we'll go Hunter and Kieran. I, I don't care. Um, I guess the, <laughs> the, I don't know the the Chiefs. I I see the thing is like I'll I'll usually just vote for uh, vote, root for like whoever's against the Patriots. Because that's just like eighty percent of Super Bowls, um, but I don't have that luxury now. Uh, I mean, the Patriots are just the Bucks now. Like, well, yeah, the- no, and then and then I rooted for whoever was against the Bucks <laughs> for, the, for the last one. Um, so I, I'll just I'll just go Chiefs, I guess, um, provided they they pull out this victory today. Yeah, um, luckily, I say luckily, <clears throat> um, I'm kind of in the same boat as Pranav. Um, if it's not the New York Giants versus the Patriots, I'm rooting against the Patriots. Um, but Tom Brady lost today. Um, and the Patriots lost. So who I think who I think will win is probably the winner of the Bills versus Chiefs game. I don't think the 49ers have that much in the way of offense. Um, they really don't score touchdowns and to win a Super Bowl, most of the time you gotta score touchdowns, obviously. Bengals are kind of fresh. Uh and the Rams are are also kind of have their moments, but yeah, I, I think the winner of the Bills versus Chiefs game will go on to win the Super Bowl. But I want the Bengals to win the Super Bowl because to go from a playoff drought and a playoff win drought all the way to Super Bowl champions, I, I think is a pretty special storyline. I'm gonna go with the Rams. Actually, um, fun fact: I'm gonna they beat they beat Brady today. I mean, they almost blew it, but they they did beat him. And uh, I like the like Stafford's got a good arm. They got a really good defense. They got a lot of weapons. It's just a it's a very complete football team. So, and they got a good coach. Everything everything points like the Chiefs kind of have a have like a really inconsistent defense. Sometimes they're like really good. Sometimes they're like horrendous. So I'm gonna go with the I'll be th- I'm gonna go with the Rams. All right, now uh, now that we got football out of the way, let's talk about football. <laughs> uh, so to kick things off, I thought let's talk about the Premier League. 
And uh, just kind of a quick little segment here. It's titled, How Did My Team Do This Week? Uh, I figured, you know, maybe we should start with people that may have had, you know, not, not as good as a week. Although I, I guess technically it is a good week. Kieran, how are you doing right now? What, what's, going through your, what's going through your mind right now? Leave him alone. Oh, my God. Hey, this is the segment. All right. I, I get to ask the questions here. Uh, okay. Rob is gone, so that's kind of good news. Dude. I, he's happy. I mean, like, am I happy that he's gone? I mean, I guess. it's just Yeah, look at him smile. Huh? I said, yeah, look at him smile. I mean, I guess, but, like, I also don't like losing to Norwich and fucking Aston Villa in two straight days. Like, that, hey, that put some respect on Aston Villa, please. No, I mean, like, it, like, it, it, like that's a, it's a good team. I'm not saying that. But, like, at the same time, I don't, like, I don't want to watch us lose to them. Uh, so, I'm not exactly doing all that great. I don't know. I mean, we need a new manager pretty ASAP uh, that's, like, going to just not get us relegated. That's really it. Uh, because Big Sam? I, is where is is Big Sam like around? Is he available? I would take him to be honest because he won't get us relegated. Where is he? If he's if if I would was totally he with, take he was with West Brom. He was with right? West Brom, but I think he dipped from West Brom after he got them relegated, <laughs> or he didn't get them relegated, but he got relegated with them. Which is pretty um, rare. He has a pretty good track record there. It's pretty a, rare that that happens. Big Sam's a good – he's a good fit for not getting relegated. So I would be okay with Big Sam. But I don't know. Lampard's a good shout. Nuno's a good shout. Uh, even though Nuno would be super boring. But, like, he's just a – he's just a – like, he's proven he can do it with that type of level of team. And Everton is a pretty boring football team. So I don't know. I just – it's just I just don't want to get relegated. Literally, that's it right now. I mean, Karen, okay, Karen, like, in, do you? I mean, I guess for all of you, do you guys like truly think that Everton's in the relegation battle? Like, I, I think this no, is totally. I don't think they are. Like, totally blown out of proportion. Well, it's only four points. You know what I mean? Like, and Everton haven't been on the best of form lately. Dude, we're two spots above relegation. You know I mean? like, Look at they also have games in hand. Like, it's not like they're they have a game in hand on. They have a game in hand. Uh, I mean, on, on Newcastle, but there's on Newcastle, also Watford. And, and, then, and then they're well, even with Watford and Burnley have two, have two in hand on Everton. But it's like, the way Newcastle's going, like, like they just got to win. You know, I feel like, what, what what's that, their second win on the season? It's like, it, it's not necessarily, like, out of the picture for Everton to get, at least fall down to the relegation zone. I don't think they will. Bro, Brentford is three points ahead and uh, sorry, four points ahead and three games ahead. So, like, I feel like we should be worrying about Brentford before we worry about worry about Everton. I feel like the 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 general consensus is that Brentford's not going to be relegated. So, I don't know why we like we're so like I, I get it that it's like it's like a like a good narrative to pedal, but like like in in absolute terms, like I don't think Everton's in this relegation battle. I I I don't think it's it's like as cut and dry as you sound like you think it is. I I kind of agree with Hunter on this one. It's not like, I feel like it's not apples to apples at this point because there's so many teams that are like three or four games ahead or behind because of COVID right now. So it's kind of like hard to compare. So I I kind of see what you're saying there, Hunter, but on the same side of it though, I feel like I don't think there's going to be like, at least 
on my end, like I don't think there's going to be a conversation about Everton being relegated unless they lose the next three to five games. That's really like when we can Dude, start we having that conversation. Straight. Like, I'm not trying to like, I don't want us to keep losing, but we have lost two straight and we have lost in Nor- we lost in Norwich. Like I, 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 they are probably the worst team in the league with, with that, with all the games and with hand and being played and stuff. Like, I just, I don't know. I, I don't have a ton of faith to be completely honest. Like I don't, I don't think we'll get relegated like at the end of the day. I don't think that's going to happen, but I don't like being this close to the relegation zone. It's like really fucking hard on my heart right now. Like, How do you sleep at night? Not great. <laughs> not great. Um, I will say, Chris, on your point of like kind of teams being all over the place in terms of games played since the November international break um, until today, as we're recording this, it is Sunday uh, January 23rd, you have teams like Burnley and Watford and Everton down with uh, seven, nine, and nine games played, respectively, uh, and teams like Chelsea, Liverpool, West Ham, City play, playing games once every three to five days. Um, so there's really no excuse for Everton. I just wanted to point that out. Um, because that'll you, be, you just want to say that because you want to use it as an excuse for yeah, Chelsea. Yeah, we get it. You made it or printed it on the program, right? We know. Absolutely. I, well, I, I know the four of us know, but like I just want our listeners to know that uh, Chelsea are never at fault for poor performances because we play a game every three days um, on average. I mean, they today they, it didn't look like they played a game every three games. Like today they looked very yeah, good. Okay. It's, yeah. it's, it's, it's because we're at home Chelsea, against Chelsea. Just have a pass on Tottenham. Yeah, like it, it, especially Tottenham at home. Um, it's like Tottenham have like a win in the last like thirty games at Stanford Bridge, so that doesn't count. And I I know that, like, I know that that generally this whole, this whole thing of like, like, oh, if we win our games in hand, like we're good to go is, is like a little bit of a dangerous uh, assumption. Um, And it doesn't necessarily always go like how you want, but like Everton win two games in hand and they're, they're up to 12th. Like that's, that's, that's just how, I mean, the the league's all wonky now because of COVID and everything. Um, and like even at the top, the bottom, the middle, everywhere, everywhere is all messed up because of that. Um, but I think just like as it stands, because of the the COVIDized fixtures, um, Everton like look a lot worse than they actually are. Uh, I mean, you did lose to Norwich, so there's like there's that. But I, like in terms of like hard data and, and the table, I, I think I just you know I, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. That's all I can say about it. I I, I really don't want to talk about this anymore. I just want to not think about this until the next game when we get a win we can talk about Everton again poor poor Kieran's over here I, I think Chris I think you touched on a good point his his favorite tennis player of all time might have his record broken Everton are getting killed didn't the Eagles get didn't get slapped too they got crushed by the books yeah, yeah. <laughs> things are not going well for you you got to find a new sport, Kieran. I think that's your best option, man. Netball. Uh, go, go support the Warriors. Just pick the Warriors. <laughs> I know you don't really Netball. have a basketball team. Just pick the Warriors. F1, become a Red Bull or Mercedes fan. They're fine. <laughs> well, let's, uh, let's, let's probably steer away. I think we've had enough bullying of Kieran. Let's, uh, let's move over to Hunter because he seems pretty eager to talk about his Chelsea team that uh, – you know, is absolutely exhausted. I feel so bad for him. It's not like Chelsea have any depth at all. Um, so, Hunter, how, how are things going over at Stamford Bridge? Um, today was pretty good. Um, we 
kind of comprehensively pooped on uh, on Spurs, as is tradition. But in the last eight games, including today's game, Chelsea have two wins, five draws, and a loss, which is really, really not great. Um, you know, like, you can say, like, oh, it's because Chelsea are tired, and I will stick to that excuse um, until the day I die. Uh, but it's like, you know, there, there, there were two games against, uh, two games against Brighton that we should have, you would think Chelsea would beat Brighton, but in both games, we played like the lesser team and we kind of scraped a point out of both games. Uh, you know, we lost to City, which, you know, like, it looked like we, we were never going to put up a fight. We drew 2-2 against Liverpool uh, back in the beginning of January. That was, you know, a bright spot, if a draw can be a, a bright spot. But hopefully today this 2-0 win kind of propels us forward. Um, apparently between the Brighton game and, and, and today's game against Spurs, our captain, Cesar Espelicueta, kind of called a team meeting with the players to kind of say, like, hey, what the fuck? Because against Brighton, the energy was really low. It, it looked like nobody really, really wanted to be there. Is that a fixture congestion thing? I don't know. Is that a what you kind of expect, like a toxicity kind of thing, like spreading throughout the team to be? I'm not sure. But it, it, it appears that things kind of got ironed out kind of like between the players. And we kind of showed up, at least in the second half, you really took it to him. Um, the the Hakim Ziyech goal in the 47th minute um, is another one of those where it's like, if you listeners at home haven't seen it, please go look it up because it was very good of, goal. Very it good was goal. kind of a worldly uh, where he took it from probably about 20, 22 yards out and kind of curled it with that sweet cultured left foot of his. Uh, I, <laughs> I can't keep it together because. Pranav's kind of dying. Uh, he's he's muted, but he it looks like he lost it a little bit. Um, but yeah, it hopefully this new kind of lineup, this new uh, system that we have going, gels. Um, and I really hope that Reese James and Ben Chilwell uh, don't have extended injuries because it it appears that they were the two cogs in our system that really made us tick. And once we lost both of them, it was kind of horrifically downhill from there. Yeah, you're not wrong. I, I feel like I didn't realize how important those two were for the team until they were absent. Like Chelsea's just tying games now. And had Reese James and Ben Chilwell been there, I think it would have been a different conversation. But is, is, uh, is Thomas Tuchel the next Jose Mourinho hunter? Seems to be tying a lot of games and parking the bus here. I mean, I don't think he, like, by definition, parks the bus as hard as Jose. Like, yeah, like, our whole thing was, like, defense first, and a lot of goals came from, came from our defenders. But, like, I feel like the way we played when we had a full 100% lineup, like, 100% healthy, was, like, everybody got involved and anybody was a threat whenever. It's just so – for me, it was very difficult to see, like, 
we lost two pieces and we just capitulated and crumbled so hard. That is like, like the team was almost like unrecognizable where it was like, we looked shaky at defense. Like our midfield wasn't performing all that well. And as is tradition, apparently uh, the attack wasn't really uh, producing. That's the word. Uh, they weren't really producing as, as, as well as I would have hoped a 90 something million pound transfer in Lukaku would have, would have done um, today. He looked a lot better. He got in a lot in a lot better positions. Um, had a couple of chances go wide and high, uh, unfortunately. But you know, we 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 managed to pull through and luckily got back on our feet with another win. Yeah, I think this win means a lot for them. This is this could change the direction that they were going in completely. Um, Pranav, you have something to say? Yeah, I just wanted to answer your question. Tuchel is not the new Mourinho because Mourinho has personality. And Tuchel is the only person in, like, the only manager in the Premier League that I can think of right now that, like, doesn't have a person. Like, only notable manager that, like, doesn't have a personality. Like, the, the Premier League managers are just full of characters. And Tuchel is the only one. His entire personality is wearing Chelsea tracksuits, and that's it. And then he once said, like, Reese James shoots like a horse. <laughs> no, 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 no. You, have you ever seen Thomas Tuchel on the sideline or – like after Chelsea play like a good match, he's running around like like. Remember when Klopp like ran out onto the field, uh, for Jordan Ibe, and like gave him a big hug and like everyone was like Ibe and was like going crazy over him after he had a good game for Liverpool. That's what Thomas Tuchel does to like Ngolo Kante and Kovacic and Thiago Silva. No, like, but I does, mean like like not, not, not like thing. excited to win or whatever, but just like. Oh, wait, this is totally random. I'm looking at the form table and Everton have Everton. I mean, not Everton. Norwich have have two wins in a row. Uh, we should talk about that. But um, no, I, I just I just feel like like in, in the press conferences and stuff like it's like he's just I don't know. He's just he's just sort of like not everyone else is a character. but He's, he's just not like like Pep, like Pep is a character. Klopp's a character. Um, I guess Ralph will get there. But and, and Ole was a character. Moez, I mean, we, we know all about him. Um, Arteta, Conte, everyone knows about Conte's character, and like, and then like other teams too. But I feel like I feel like Tuchel just doesn't have like his own little little story, you know. In press in press conferences, yeah, but like during the game, he's like as animated as uh, Gus, uh, not Gus, I think uh, Louis Van Hall falling falling to the floor. Now like, that's a character right there. Like, like, <laughs> like he like. Thomas Tuchel is one is one step away from that. You know what I mean? Like during the games. So I feel like to say that like he's like emotionless and like doesn't have like the big character and and, and persona is just wrong if you watch him during the games. You know, like it's pretty he definitely is animated during the games. I'll give you that. During press conferences, it's like, yeah, like be professional, don't say anything stupid, but like you know, but like like during the games, like during like the the other portions where you see him, he's he's very like except it except for uh, Hakim Ziyech's goal, like he, he was oddly calm. He just kind of stuck his hands out, like yes, okay, now let's keep going. Yeah, dude, that's weird. <laughs> Did you see that goal with his cultured left foot? That's weird. Cultured, dude, but but now to, to be fair, Hakim Ziyech 
against Brighton was dreadful except for his one goal. So it's kind of like, okay, like reserve celebrations. Let's see if Hakim can keep this going. And Hakim was pretty good this game. So I, I think to say that Tuchel is like emotionless and lacks character and persona is I, I think far-fetched. I think it, it's more that like Tuchel doesn't do anything controversial. Like the most controversial thing he ever did was tell the U.S. to be careful about Pulisic. Meanwhile, like Jose Mourinho's walking out of press conferences. Uh, Ralph Ragnick just like benched Ronaldo, and then he also he also said that Martial straight up didn't want to play for Manchester United. Like that's pretty controversial. I feel like Thomas Tuchel's never done something controversial like that that I can think of at least. I don't know. Correct me if I'm wrong. Is the standard is the standard of like charismatic coach really like saying controversial shit like negatively towards your own players? If that's the standard, then I don't want that standard. Like I'm very happy with like I don't want Thomas Tuchel to be going out there like oh like if Lukaku wants to go back to Inter like he can he can take he can buy his own flight to 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 Italy and you know like oh. Uh, Who's not good enough for this Chelsea team? Ruben Loftus Cheek and Hakim Ziyech are not good enough for this Chelsea team. Rah! Like I, I feel like that only breeds negativity and toxicity and poor performances from players. Yeah, instead he just does it and benches Pulisic for no reason because um, he wants to. I don't know. Hey, I feel we, like I, none of the attackers on Chelsea zero of them have produced this season. So, like, anybody getting benched is pretty much, like, justified. Now, I know CP10 is kind of my, my baby boy, and I have a poster of him on my wall that I can wake up to every morning. Um, but he – it's like he hasn't – he is not, like, post-lockdown Pulisic. And if he was, I guarantee you he would be started. But But – but Ziyech scored last game, so he starts again. And he went and scored again. So I guarantee you the next the next league game that we have, which is in, like, the middle of February, because we have Plymouth, Plymouth Argyle. Okay, can we talk about Manchester United now? Fine. Fine, fine, fine. Am I, do you want to – Pranav, you lead the discussion on this. Like, right, uh, I'm going to let you start before Hunter inserts his – Wait, I, I feel like you yeah, should Yeah, you can start. suck my butthole, dude. Oh, my God. <laughs> Um, all right, I guess I could talk about United. So oh, I, I guess they, they won both games this week. Three to one against Brentford on the midweek. First half, they didn't look too good. Second half, they looked very good, very solid. Um, honestly, Brentford probably should have gotten a goal or two in the first half. They were pretty lucky there. But, I mean, first half United is like a relegation team. Like, the first 45 minutes of any United game is literally like – like Saturday, I didn't watch – like, I slept in and I didn't watch the first 45 minutes of Manchester United because I, I just knew, like, it wasn't going to be worth my time. And I may have been right. I don't know. Um, and then, yeah, I guess they beat West Ham as well. West Ham, especially in the second half, like, they looked very timid. Um, I think they were, like, too scared to win the game, honestly, which is kind of understandable. I think that's kind of when, – when Moyes goes up against United, I feel like it's a pretty common thing. Like, I don't think he knows how to, like, I feel like he struggles to sort of attack because he's too scared. They, they just play too defensively, in my opinion. Um, but yeah, United got the 93rd minute winner. I 
yelled at the top of my lungs. Yeah, I guess they won both of their games. Uh, also, Ralph Ragnick, I think out of 10 games, he's only lost one. There have been quite a few ties, but um, I, I do feel like there are like flashes of United being very good. And um, I don't know if the team is starting to click, but I feel like there are there's definitely some positive things that are happening. And um, that's not to say there aren't down moments, but uh, I mean, this week compared to last week, it looks like a better team, not a perfect team, but a much better team. If anyone wants to bully me about United Field and Free. Do you have do you have comments about uh the whole Ronaldo fiasco? What the whole like getting subbed off thing? Is yeah. that what you're asking about? Yeah. It's Ronaldo, man. Like he's gotta understand like he got subbed off by Rashford and then Rashford scored. Like Ralph Ragnick made the right move there. And uh it, it, like it was a very clear like tactical move like pick someone who, who's speedier than Ronaldo and it worked so I mean like I don't know it, like he Ronaldo should have been subbed off there and Ronaldo really like he loves Manchester United and he plays for the team but it's just like you're 37 now and it's just like there's some young people that have more leg speed than you at this point so like you got to know your place man. But how Ralph handled it was honestly kind of funny, and I liked it. I feel like there were some stills of him like going over, like massaging Ronaldo's leg, like, like, "Hey, baby, hear me out." Yeah, well, after Rashford scored, he like went over and like touched him on the thigh. He's like, "You see that man?" <laughs> so it's kind of funny. But uh, I don't know. I I feel like like good for Ralph. Like he stood up to one of the best soccer players of all time. And, like, he made the right call. Like, there's no disputing that. So, good for him. Like, I, I'm kind of cool with it. Uh, and Ronaldo needs to be more of a team player. So, Are you optimistic about United's future this season, at least? Yeah, I, I think I'm pretty optimistic at this point. But, really? I mean, that's kind of – yeah, I, I feel, like, pretty good right now. But, you know, whenever I feel good, they do bad. But – I, I feel like fairly confident that they'll finish in the top four. I feel like it's like in my mind, I feel like there's a 60 to 75% chance they'll finish in the top four, which is probably a little bold, but that's how I feel right now. Next week, you know, they'll probably get relegated, but um, even though they're not playing, they'll find a way to get Stop relegated. Stop appropriating Karen's culture. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm so sorry, but that was a good one. <laughs> oh man, I like no, no one can actually see, or no one's gonna be able to see what I'm doing right now. But like, uh, <laughs> it's uh, a head and hands moment for him. <laughs> Chris, I, I want to know your opinion, your opinion on Ralph Ragnick kind of coming in as like kind of like basically like interim manager just for the rest of the season, and saying that like who is it? He, he said. Juan Masaka, Maguire, and Luke Shaw weren't good enough for the club and should be sold. Is that like has a that pretty? Be, uh, has that been confirmed? Or are you reading that on the internet? Because the internet is always accurate, Hunter. Wait, Juan Masaka, Luke Shaw, and who? Uh, Harry Maguire, obviously. Uh, oh, of course. Um, I mean, <laughs> like, oh, I would. It Maguire is not good. Luke Shaw is like fine. Uh. I think Wan is like good. I actually think he's a pretty decent player. 
uh, in terms of like, do I think those comments are appropriate? Um, yeah. So I, th- I don't know. I mean, if they're if they're if they're real or not. It it wasn't like during a press conference or anything, but like apparently, according to sources on Instagram. I mean, are are we really gonna trust that Hunter? Like, I mean, I feel I feel like it's one of those things where it's like if it makes the rounds. There uh, has to be some sort of for like theory. three years now, so like I, I'm still like waiting for that to happen. Well, well it, it, isn't Paul Pogba like in the last year of his contract? Yes. So, yeah, I'm it's still not convinced he's going to leave. To be honest, even if he is, because like he's supposed to have been supposed to left like for the last like three to four years. Like I've heard Raiola talk about it every. Yeah. Time. Well, <laughs> if you want to talk about Pogba, we can have that conversation. But I, I just feel like, like Hunter, like if Fabrizio Romano, like I'm using your logic against you. Like if Fabrizio Romano says that Ralph Ragnick said this, like, you know, we can have this conversation. But if you're going to say sources say, I mean, like birds aren't real, right? Sources say it. Like, can you confirm birds are real? I don't know. Can you? I don't think they are. I don't think they are real. No. Can't confirm um, it, right? I'm like heavily confused, but all right. Yeah, last question. government uh, surveillance project. Um, and for for context, Hunter is a Romanosexual and only believes transformation <laughs> if that, 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 I'm, that I'm well aware of. That that is uh, hey, you know what? I I think that's I think I, I think it's okay. I feel like I should be respected and accepted in in society, and I don't think that this group of of of, of gentlemen. Are accepting me. The you want us to no, Hunter. I'm. Uh, what's your? I was gonna make a joke, but it would be. Um, uh, I'm Romanophobic against you. <laughs> I'm offended. That I'm actually offended too. Um, but anyway, um, just to quickly touch on the Pogba transfer. If Pogba leaves for free, like Mino Raiola doesn't make bank. You know what I mean? Like, agents make bank when huge transfers happen because they get paid off of commissions from that or, like, agent fees. So if Pogba goes for free – so so I'm kind of, like – like, I do think Pogba's going to leave at some point, but I feel like this is just a bluff from, you know, Raiola in order to get more money out of Manchester United. But I feel like he'll probably extend his contract, like, a year or two and then play better maybe for a game or two and then change his hair to make it green. I don't think I've seen a green Pogba haircut. Well, let's go around the horn. Everybody list a a color of Pogba's hair. You've seen, I'll start Uh, blue Hunter. What do you got? White slash blonde. I was going to go with the blonde as well. I think he's due for a, I think he's due for a full bleach, like a Danny Alves Namor style. That'd be cool. I'll go message him that. All right, on to Liverpool now. Pranav, uh, how are you doing over there? Are, are you, uh, I guess the African Cup of Nations must be uh, holding you back a little bit, huh? Yeah, um, it is. Also, uh, before we move to Liverpool, there, there are like a decent amount. There, there is no quote because it was like alleged from like he, he made the presentation to the board or like in a meeting or something, Ragnick, about uh, – Maguire, Shaw, and, and Juan Bissaka. But um, there are, like, like expressed.co.uk is is reporting it, 442. 
um, <clears throat> United Zone on Twitter, uh, Sport Sport Bible. Um, so I, like I, they're not they're not like I don't know it's not like the Associated Press, but they they are they are they're not like uh, um, like they're not the Sun. Actually, the Sun is reporting it too, but that doesn't mean that it's to- totally fake. But it means it's a high possibility. Um, but anyway, uh, Liverpool. I mean, yeah, you're you're right, but also like they're not not doing too bad, you know. Um, we're now in the EFL Cup final. Um, weirdly enough, we we couldn't get it done at, at Fortress Anfield uh, against Arsenal um, with a red card for half the match, whereas <laughs> um, we could do it at uh, at the Emirates with. Uh, Jota scoring twice, and then Thomas Partey just getting a just just for the culture getting a getting a red card at the 90th minute. Um, they looked good today against Crystal Palace. Actually, that's not true. They looked all right today against Crystal Palace. Uh, looked looked really really good in the beginning. Um, and I can definitely see Palace fans being hard done by the result, especially because the penalty at the end um, was not. A penalty like I like I get like I get why it was like VR reviewed and I think it should have been I think it would have been a mistake to not to review it but I think that like it should have been a pretty clear not penalty considering I, I don't necessarily think the ball was already gone I think that Jota could have gotten to the ball but he kind of instead of going to the ball he kind of moves into the goalkeeper and then just like takes a tumble and then uh people can also argue that the Oxley Chamberlain goal was offsides because Firmino does interfere a little bit um so all in all, like I guess we were kind of lucky to get come out with three points on this one. But now that we have come out with three points, uh, like I'd have to be super optimistic to say we're back in the title race. But like I think that I don't know. The, I'm, I'm trying to think of an analogy to, to make this title race because of because of like how how far like it was written off. But I I don't think like it's it's written off now. But I don't I don't think that like I think Liverpool has a very low percentage of getting back in. Um, it was nice to be able to beat, beat Brentford after drawing Brentford the first time. But other than that, um, you just have to wait it out until Salah and Mane come back in. Um, and I guess Keita as well. But yeah, when, once, they're, once they're back, I think that we'll be firing all cylinders. And I think like Thiago's also injured um, and he hasn't been able to play. So I'm... I'm excited, especially because Champions League is coming back, um, and there's the EFL Cup final. So hopefully we we'll be able to grab some early silverware then, um, especially so I can hunt it. Uh, I can hunt it in rubber's face. I can rub it in Hunter's face. That would be nice. Uh, but yeah, I'm excited for the rest of the, to see what the rest of the season brings because I, I like I like uh, Liverpool in the Champions League and I like Liverpool in the EFL Cup. The the cup that Klopp doesn't care about, but <laughs> is in the final, which is pretty funny. You know what? I th- I think that Chelsea will win the EFL Cup. How about that? And I think that Chelsea will double their trophy tally on the season. So that put off. All right. Um. So next part of the <laughs> next part of the segment here, let's uh, let's go around the horn and everyone talk about your top four predictions. I guess, Kieran, do you want to talk about your bottom three predictions, or do you want to talk about your top four? <laughs> that was too far. All right, Hunter, you start, then we'll go Pranav, and then <laughs> top four or bottom three? <laughs> top four for you, buddy. 
I think the top four will stay as it is. Um, I think City will win. I think I think Chelsea and Liverpool will battle it out for second and third. Um, and then I think United, now that they seem to be like, you know, actually capable of winning a game, will will manage to hold out. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, if, if West Ham or, or Arsenal or Spurs, especially because Spurs now have uh, two games in hand on United because, you know, they get their games canceled uh, whenever they say. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Spurs made a push, uh, but I think the top four will stay as it is. The order of it might shift a little bit, but I think that, that City, Liverpool, Chelsea, and United will maintain that's funny you say that because i actually agree with that so we agree off to I, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna go ahead and change my answer oh my so that god we go don't ahead agree. and no okay um i say okay well i say i say yeah city liverpool um chelsea and then i think out of all those teams there tottenham have the best shout which is pretty funny because like every time Tottenham plays like one of our teams, they just get battered. Um, and I like, honestly, that, that includes everything sometimes. So, but I, I think like, I, for whatever reason, like they're, they're building up momentum. Like they, they were, I mean, they were stopped today, but they're only two points behind United with two games in hand. Um, again, it is dangerous to assume that like, like all the games in hand will be one, but uh, I think they're going to be pretty dangerous. Um, especially because like, I don't know. I, I, my prediction is that they'll like lose to all the top six teams and then uh, they'll just beat every other team uh, without, without much of an issue. But um, I think like, like you can totally see United uh, having trouble against, I don't know, like Southampton, you know, I guess city had trouble against Southampton. So there's no shame in that. Um, but I think that, that city Liverpool and Chelsea are, are set in stone as the, as the, as the top three in that order. United beat Southampton nine to zero, but yeah, they'll probably have struggle. They'll probably have issues. Yeah, with okay. Them. Leicester beat Southampton nine zero, and then lost <laughs> lost to Southampton in the same Wait, season. So did real, did United and Leicester both beat Southampton nine zero in our lifetime? Has that actually happened? Yeah. My God. Yeah. Crazy, is, right? Southampton losing nine zero is like a it's just like a thing. I didn't realize that until just now. Really? Uh, you didn't? That was like <laughs> no. Like I remember like Leicester everywhere. beating them nine. That was a big meme. I, I remember Leicester being the, beating them 9-0 for sure. And I think I also remember United beating them 9-0. But it's just like, you know, like now I'm like realizing that it is a meme. Like, you know what I mean? Like the, uh, I don't know. I'm going to go with, uh, I mean, Prom's Pro right. The only thing that's up for grabs is four right now. Like, uh, it's going to be City, Liverpool, Chelsea in that in that order for top three. Maybe Chelsea will pivot Liverpool. I don't, I don't know. I mean, I'm just going to enjoy the show while you guys duke it out and and – and uh, I'll just be here hoping I don't get relegated. But that top four between Arsenal, Tottenham, and United, I like. I actually think Tottenham has the best shot, like from a logical perspective. Like they have the best squad, they have the best coach, they have the best, like I don't know, like their team's been playing together for a while. They, they, their form can be up and down, but they, they 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 aren't. It's not like unlike them for to qualify for Champions League. Like they, that's something they're capable of doing. Um, you think Tottenham has the best squad? Out of United and Arsenal, I mean, they're de- definitely better than United. I've done Arsenal. United, you're right. Like it, it, it could go either way, but like it's just it's like Pogba, 
being Pogba and then the Harry Maguire's and like I don't have to think about that stuff with Tottenham like like with like, See, the like, like I, I feel like Eric it. Dyer yeah but like that's like he's like, <laughs> like, like think about what you're saying you picked the one position player. like like United like legitimately I have to think about like Maguire if, if Maguire is good or not on a consistent basis I don't need to do that you, Chris you pick the one position where you have him like like the biggest meme player to try to compare, but it's Eric and, Dyer. Kieran, Kieran, I feel like Eric Dyer is such a meme. Kieran, to your to your point, like I feel like United and Tottenham have both proven that like logic doesn't really work with them. No, I know. So actually, what I was gonna say, like I uh, logically, I think Tottenham should finish, but just because we've talked about this, Arsenal is fucking all or nothing this year, and is cinematically this is this is perfect. Oh, that's fair. That's fair. like. like <laughs> They are. This is the perfect. What's going on in the Arsenal camp is perfect. They lost to City on like a on like a dubious call, and like they should have maybe won or had a draw or something. Now they're going through a little lull. The team's like kind of like well, yeah, they, know, they drew Burnley a little, huh? They drew Burnley, who were at the bottom of the Premier. No, League. I know the team's grumbling a little bit. They drew Burnley. Like it's like, oh man, how do we draw Burnley? Blah 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 blah. Arteta is probably doing some like. He's doing some soul searching in his coach's box, being Ted Lasso and shit. And like, then eventually it'll all come. Maybe like they'll they'll beat Tottenham in the. It's gonna be a Tottenham Arsenal race because just that's just what the movie wants. Like the movie wants that. Like and the at the end of the day, Arsenal will probably finish top four just because of all or nothing. The gods I, have. Decided, I did. I forgot about the plot armor aspect of this. The, the gods have decided, right. and I, honestly, I think this Burnley draw only further adds to the plot armor. Of this situation, like, Chris, what happened? The Bills just got a touchdown. They were—I uh, don't mean to distract from this because I, I have the the Bills game on. They just got like a super clutch touchdown, and now they're up. Like fourth oh, yeah? quarter, minute fifty-four seconds left. You guys might want to pull it up, but anyway, sorry. Go ahead, Karen. No, I mean like talk. again, like the the plot armor, like the, the Burnley draw further adds the plot armor. It doesn't like det- deter me from it. It just makes me think that like okay, like. The way they're they're going through their like early midseason low and they're gonna be strong for the last like 10 games and they'll probably beat Tottenham in a dramatic North London Derby and then maybe they'll beat Chelsea or some bullshit. Like, I don't know. And then they'll they'll qualify for Champions League and it's gonna, it's gonna be Arsenal just because of that. It's the Potter. So the the so the the big thing with Spurs is that they've only played 20 games this season when the, the top Four have played like twenty two to twenty four games this season. Can you stop talking about the games in hand? <laughs> like, no, 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 no. So, so for Spurs, I'm the one who's been talking about the games in hand this whole time. Connor talked about it once, and Chris comes for his throat. He's talked about it three times tonight. When I mentioned on the podcast, I will go pull it up. Okay, maybe it was twice. Maybe this is the second time you're bringing it up. But whatever, go ahead. You can talk. Whatever, I think you're getting your facts wrong there, bud. But Spurs have the games that have been postponed for Spurs are Burnley, Brighton, and Arsenal. So out of those three games, Spurs probably should get at least four to six points out of that. Like as a, a as like a a base. And that would put them on if they had played those games already. That would put them on anywhere from forty to forty-two points. As as we're recording this, with twenty games played for Tottenham, so it's it's if they can make the most out of 
the Burnley and Brighton games, then we really have a, a, a race for top four on our hands. But, but if they do the most Spurs thing and like draw all three or something, then it's kind of more, then the ball is more in United and Arsenal's court than anything. Yeah, no, I, I kind of see what you're saying there. Um, okay, so we just got one more segment for the Premier League before we talk about the international break next week. So since January 31st marks the end of transfer, the winter transfer window, let's go around the horn, uh, Pranav, Hunter, Kieran, and then I, I guess I can do United. Um, one player that you think you should sign before the 31st, and then one player you think should go. And this could be a loan transfer. It could be anything. And just state your reason why for both. Player in is pretty hard. Like, not even for, like, the, the normal Liverpool reasons. Um, I just like an attacking player, but I can't think of, like, a like a normal um, – <clears throat> like a reasonable player to sign right now, but I will think of it and then come back to me and I'll get one. But I don't know. I think we should get some money for Origi. Like I, he's going to, he's going to leave on a, he's going to leave on a free, like Klopp's probably going to force him out of the club behind the scenes. Um, like Klopp hypes him up a lot, but like he's, he's just not fond of Origi uh, at all. Uh, yeah. Chris, you're saying, you're saying, you're suggesting Dembele in the, in the chat. Uh, he's just it, too many injuries. Like it's just, it's just injured all the time. And I don't think Liverpool just can't afford that. You know, like they can't afford luxury players like that. And I think that, I think that players with a really high ceiling that are prone to injury are, are luxury players. And I don't think Liverpool has that, has that, um, has the ability to do that and to pull that off. Uh, cause it'll, they'll just be, cause usually, usually those players are like super talented. So they'll demand pretty high wages. Um, and uh, also, like Barcelona spent a lot of money on him, so they're probably not going to be willing to part with him for like twenty million or something. So it's I don't I like I see I see why Dembele would be sick for for Liverpool, and I think the Klopp would do a lot with him. Um, but I don't see it being a feasible signing. Uh, yeah, I mean that's that's my one out. I'll think of my one in. Uh, just come back to me. Oh, man, I I feel like. Dembele for 40 mil. Barcelona got to get it off their books. 40 million is way too much for Liverpool to play for Dembele. Like, there, like this is no chance. I know he's injured, but I, I feel like it's just it, – it, I feel like I, I would I, – I think he would do well at Liverpool, even with his injuries. Like, you guys, you guys got to – like, Salah and Mane are not getting any younger – He's got such a high ceiling. I know he's going to get hurt, but, like, I don't know. I like it. That's just me. I think it's how much do Liverpool pay for Thiago? Huh? Sorry. How, uh, how much do Liverpool pay for Thiago? Was 30, it, like, 35? 30. 30 for Thiago, and Thiago is not a bad player. Like, well, Thiago was coming off a Champions League win, and he was in his prime too when he got. He was, was, yeah, he was like he was he was in his prime. He was he was dictating that Bayern team, and yeah, thirty million was like a massive debate. Like it took a really long time for that to go through because of all the deliberations. Um, I mean, I don't know. Denbelli is just flashy on paper, but like, it, I, I, I don't, I, I don't see him leaving Barca anytime soon. I, probably until his contract's up. To be honest, he, they paid too much for him. They're paying him a lot. So, uh, was also gonna want to get him out of the club. 
like I feel like I feel like like I, I think when when it comes like near the end of this contract, like they're definitely not going to want him to leave for free. Yeah, but like I don't know, there's they're going to want a specific amount, and like I don't think a lot of people are going to be willing to pay that for an injury prone player like that. It's one thing if he's out of form, but like if he's always hurt, like I just like you can't yeah. really do anything about that. Um, but uh, yeah. Hunter, you want to go? I feel like this is pretty obvious, but go ahead. Well, I, well, I'll I'll get to, to the Chelsea stuff in a second. But didn't Barca like say that they wanted to sell Dembele in this transfer, or, or am I thinking of a different player? No, I think they want to get rid of him. Yeah, I was gonna say like I I think they said like he's going to leave this transfer window. The, the thing is, Liverpool moves so slow with transfers. It's just 10, like, they got less than 10 days to do it. I, I kind of see what you guys are saying. Yo, give me, give me uh, Doku. Yo, that's a good take. I love <laughs> Doku. He's, so He's such a good player. That, that's actually a great take. I, no. I, would, I would like that transfer. Doku or Anthony from from Ajax. Um, Rafinha, I think I think we're we're past Rafinha at this point. Like I just don't think it's happening. But I think that like Anthony might have a shout, and I think an outside shout is Doku because Liverpool were looking at him during the summer, even though like like international tournament breakouts aren't always the best like signings. But I don't think he's. I mean, Kieran might know. I don't think he's doing too bad at run. So didn't I mean Ajax just sell Kevin uh, Neres? Did they? Who did they sell him to? I think like a Russian club or something. That's a waste. Jeez. Uh, let me try and find something, but I but I think they just sold that David Nero. Unless I dreamed about it, because I have dreamed about real life things before. Okay. It happens. That's okay, Hunter. Uh but I think I think they just sold. Wait, why are we talking about David Neres? Because because they, I don't think they'd sell both of their starting winners oh, oh, yeah. in the same window. Fair point. I think I think Anthony is a fucking massive signing. I mean, Fabrizio hasn't talked about it, so so I don't know if it's that big of a transfer, but but I th- but I th- it, it it might be a pre contract pre contract agreement for the summer. However, I don't. I don't know. It'll be. Is is Chiesa really that set on staying at Juve? I, I think he's hurt right now, so I don't think anybody is trying for him. I was thinking about. I, mean, I was telling. I was thinking about Berardi for Liverpool. It was like a good signing. I mean, like I was telling, I was messaging you. His stats are really his stats are so good. Like I don't, I don't know. If he's a first team, like a first team player. Like he's not. Dude, he's Berardi's. Not, uh, he's sick. He's so good. I I think he's such a slept on player. He so, starts for Italy that just won the World Cup. He scores like seventeen goals a year, and as a winger, and like I, I don't know, he's just a really. I think people don't really talk about him enough to be honest. I, I don't think Berardi starts for Italy in major competitions, but I will agree with Kieran that like he is one of those like kind of inverted wingers, like kind of wingers that kind of also play like as kind of like that wide striker type of deal that Liverpool kind of rely on. I, I swear he started the Italian final. Did he not? He may have, but 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 he he definitely scores a lot of goals, and I think he's definitely undervalued. Um, and I think he would fit really really well into the full system. But Pranav, what position 
does Liverpool really need to sign like a starter in? Because I feel like if everybody's healthy, there's really not a whole lot of signings that kind of make it in. You know, like maybe signing like a, a top, top striker, you know, like besides Joel Matip, but like as far as attackers go, unless you're, unless you're signing a striker, any any attacking signing that Liverpool makes is going to be for the bench. Yeah, you're you're right, but also that comes with the promise of being able to to play for like being able to play in, in like one or two years. Um, plus, like Clap does rotate a decent amount and like gives chances to young players. That that is, that is a fair point, but I think that like. I just it frustrates me that that Liverpool have to think like that, where like, like think in in terms of like sympathy sympathy to the player and being like, oh, like he's he's a top top player, but we already have a better player in his position, so therefore we can't sign him. When Chelsea and City are just like he's a top top player, we have four players that are better than him in his position, but we'll sign him anyway. Um, and that's what's holding Liverpool back from from like from being able to fly like City. Um, and honestly, eventually Chelsea, Chelsea as well, if they if they figure out their their uh, defensive problems. And I also I also think that like that's why that's what makes Liverpool like like they've been playing the same system for like like three years with slight differences in like in how they press and the intensity of their press and uh, and the the timing of their their press. But like I think that's what makes City so hard to beat is that like they you can you can put in whoever player like it's hard to review tape when you don't know who you're playing against, you know. Uh, whereas with Liverpool, it's just like, all right, so Salah's so gonna cut in. Alexander Arnold's gonna go down the go down the right. He's gonna overlap. He's gonna put in a cross. Jota's gonna Jota's gonna try to head it. If Jota doesn't head it, it's gonna go to it's gonna fall to Mane's feet. Mane's gonna recycle Thiago, and Thiago's gonna give it back to Salah, and he's gonna try something fancy. Like it, it's it's not that it's not that difficult. Like Liverpool has become predictable at this point, um, which is fine because they they beat ninety percent of teams anyway. But um, it becomes it becomes difficult when it's like we can't we can't move those pieces around. And it sucks that that uh, we don't have that option to to like to become like that because we can't necessarily afford players or like have to be like oh like like he's gonna he's not gonna want to play for us because he's too good to sit on the bench. Um, whereas like other teams don't have to think like that. Oh, Chris, what happened again? I think the Bills just won the game, guys. Oh, nice. Oh, Holy shit. shit! That is huge. Does anyone have who 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 chose Kansas City in their Super Bowl predictions? I, I did, but I, I feel like whoever – someone said whoever wins this game is going to win it, and I feel like that that's entirely me. possible. I that don't think the Bills was Hunter. Huh? I, I'm the one who predicted um, – Hunter is the one who predicted uh, whoever wins the Bills-Chiefs game is going to win the Super Bowl. Um, but then, to be fair, I did say that I hope it's like a – I hope it's a Bengals-Bills Super Bowl game, uh, and it looks like I'm one step closer. Sorry, I just like I just realized something. I mean, I know this is again this is a football podcast, but like I do not. This is a European football podcast, but I feel the need to point out that this is the first time I think in my life that all the one and two seeds in the NFL lost before the championship games. Like, there's no one and two seeds left. Like, I think every playoff game has been an upset, which is pretty crazy. I feel like this is a this is a pretty. Uh, that's like a really crazy thing to happen. Diverse and unexpected uh, Final Four. Yeah, I'm sorry, I, I got a sidetrack. That's on me. You I guys mean, can I see know. my facial expression. This is actually the greatest title race in football history. 
<laughs> Dude, every every team is like not the favorite. And like literally, I've seen four upsets in the last two days. Like, it's pretty crazy. Um, so, but uh, what was I going to say? What are we talking about? The transfers? Uh, yeah. Wait, here. I was going to go. Actually, I wanted to talk. Yeah. Um, what do you have, Kieran? From Everton, I'd probably. I mean, I'd. Who would I sell? Like, oh my god. Uh, like maybe two of our wingers. Like, I could just try and sell Richarlison for as much money as I possibly could. Like, that is something that is, like, always, like, an option. But I, I would think, I would take Richarlison. I'm not giving him to you. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> um, I, think, I don't think that, that would be allowed. That's just, that's just not like, – the whole the city would go up in flames if that happens. It's like, the exchange. We gave you Rafa. You gave us Richarlison. We're good. Uh, Rafa did more. Dude, all the agent Rafa memes are, like – just like so great, like enough. I've had enough of them. Um, but I was gonna say, like, I could sell, sell Richarlison, but like, I, I'll sell a Wobi because he's just useless. Um, and I'll, I was thinking like Bilotti or Patrick Schick as my as a striker, I would buy one of the two. Uh, like if Andre Silva like keeps like you know, maybe going back or if Tam actually, you know, if Tammy or Andre Silva, like had like relatively good ends to the season, I would also think about those two, but both of them would be a lot of money. Well, what makes you think they would think about Everton though? Oh, throw money at them. Uh, Schick also, well, Bilotti, I think we can actually sign. I actually think I can, like, we can actually sign him and he's a good player. Um, and if I had Bilotti, sell, 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 get rid of Ronda and sell Wobi in this, and then it may, I mean maybe not now, but in the summer, sign Bilotti and Zaha. Like I think was, I'd, I'd be pretty content with that. I think Zaha is never leaving, but you never know. I want Gio Reyna. So, so Kieran, Pranav, I'll touch on your Gio <laughs> Liverpool coming in a second. Andrea Bilotti, if we're talking about the same Bilotti, which I think we are, he has two goals and one assist in nine Serie A games this season. Um, is that really the guy that you want? Also, Patrick Schick has 18 goals and, and I think... Well, I mean, but that's it. precisely the reason I want him because he is cheap because of that. Um, ah. And he is also someone who has scored 30 goals in Serie A before. So I, 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 I'd, I'd get him on the cheap because he's having a bad year and he could maybe fire up, like, have like a 16-goal year next year. I mean, and he's... His goal scoring statistics are really good, Bilotti. He's had like one season under like 15 goals in the last like 10 years. Um, so I could, I, I, I would totally take him for sure. But uh, he's, 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 he's cheap and I, 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 he's cheap and like I can't buy an expensive striker. Schick would be like 100, 100, 100 mil. Same thing with like, uh, who are the other ones that I just said? Uh, Andre Silva and Tammy. Tammy, I'd probably get for like 40 ish. I don't know. But like, if he he's having a mediocre year, I don't know. Andre Silva would be way too much. I just like him a lot because I think he's really good. He is really good. I think I mean, he's Andre, an exciting player to watch too. Andre Silva only has eight goals and two assists on, on the year. Yeah, I know, but like they've spent a lot of year. And last year he scored twenty eight goals. So like, I mean, I mean, do you want Diego Costa? Like Diego Costa has hella goals in the Prem and. In the past, like if, if, if that's yeah, but like Diego Costa is like forty, like I mean, he's not forty, he, but like he's, he, he's he looks like he's forty, but he's probably only twenty five. I don't think that applies to Andre Silva anymore, and Bilotti also. Like Bilotti's had one bad year, and that's this year, and I'm pretty sure it's because he's been hurt. Um, 
Like he hasn't been playing because he's been hurt. Um, Andre Silva, Andre Silva is just really good. Like he's having a mediocre year, but that's because Leipzig's having a mediocre year, and he's starting to like heat up a little bit these days. Like he's he's scored like four goals in the last three three four games. So I think you need to sign a new owner. I think like on paper your team is not that bad. I mean, on paper a team is like a like a ninth in the prem t- type team. Like maybe, it's a top half team for sure. Yeah, but like we need a new coach. I mean, actually, I'm like not. We need a better. We need to just. We fired our sporting director, so like we need someone who's better, at like buying players that aren't going to be flops. So I don't know. That's where I'm looking at it right now. Hunter, who do you have for for your team? Before Chiesa tore his ACL, I would have said I probably would have said somebody along the lines of Chiesa to buy. The biggest issue with Chelsea is like. We've signed in the last couple of years a lot of really, really promising and really, really good attackers, and none of them have worked out. And like, like since since Diego Costa's like first season at Chelsea, we haven't really had that like main like attacking. Well, we've had Hazard, duh, but it appears that since Hazard left, we haven't really had that main like attacking threat that kind of like links everybody together. Um, you know, like, like I can think back to like when, you know, Hazard, William and Oscar were linking up together to form that kind of like attacking triangle and like the striker would just that latch onto whatever. Throwback. I know. And that's such a throwback. That is one of the best attacking midfield three that, you know, the Prem has seen recently. And I'll stick by that statement. I don't give a fuck. Don't tell me Firmino, Mane, and Salah. I'll, I'll defend my boys until, until the day I die. But like, uh, the what? <laughs> that can be a serious statement. <laughs> that's uh, that's an awfully controversial statement. That's a little right? much, Hunter. Like, like, I like, just let, like just let him, just let him, let him ramble. We'll let him go. <laughs> I, I just, I like the Oscar. I like the Oscar throwback for sure. But like, that was like, wow. Like, just like, what the fuck did you just say? Like, <laughs> to be fair, I did say one of the best, not the best. Salah okay. by himself <laughs> stands up for that. Yeah, I think Salah's better than like all those players combined. Honestly, at his best. I didn't say the best. I said one of the best. If you guys, I they were could... better than Mane, Salah, and Firmino. That's literally what I'm talking about. The, the, like, I can't like. That's not what I said. I'm People rewinding this shit. Rewind it a minute. People at home, rewind the podcast I'm one minute, confused. and you'll hear that I said one of the best. Okay, does that mean I said the best, better than everybody? No. No, but you did. You, you, <laughs> you directly called out. You called, him, you called them out and then you said, can't, You can't mention their names. Like, I... <laughs> Hunter, that's like punching someone in the face and then being like, well, I don't really want to start a fist fight. So <laughs> I'm kind of good, honestly. Like, that's basically what you just say? did. Hey man, really, like that 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 might be up there for one of the most ridiculous takes we've had on this show. Like, I'm sorry, like I like can't. Like, that was insane. Like, Kieran, Kieran, escape relegation first before you talk to me, okay? Like, and but so yeah. Anyway, um, ever since like Hazard kind of left, we haven't really had that that one piece that kind of like makes everything tick. Um. I was hoping it was going to be Christian Pulisic, especially after post-lockdown Pulisic. 
hasn't been him. I was hoping it was going to be Ziyech because he have a because he has that sweet cultured left foot of his. Hasn't been him except for today and against Brighton apparently. Uh, I was hoping it was going to be Lukaku for the big money. It hasn't been him. He wants to go back to Inter, but you know. Uh, so it, I don't know, like, because we, in theory, at top form, we have the pieces to compete for the Premier League based on form. We don't, and I don't know, like, what single piece it'll take for our attack to, 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 to really gel again and start firing like that Hazard, Willian, Oscar, Sherla coming, Sherla coming off the bench. Chelsea will be. I just, I can't, like... You know, Hunter, I wasn't paying attention when you said the initial thing. Um, so I didn't, like, like come at you too hard to argue. <laughs> I didn't realize the actual front three that you said. <laughs> what? <laughs> that you were comparing yeah. to Salamana and Firmino. <laughs> that, that's like, like an average front three. <laughs> <laughs> that's like me saying that <laughs> Ashley Young, Phil Jones, and Antonio Valencia were better at the back than Virgil van Dyke, Andy Robertson, and Trent Alexander-Arnold. That's, like, literally synonymous with oh saying that. No, don't tell me it's synonymous, that Phil Jones is synonymous to fucking Oscar, okay? Hazard, Willian, and Oscar won a goddamn motherfucking Premier League, okay? When was the last time goddamn United won a Premier League, hmm? What, 2012? Congratulations, Chelsea won the Champions League in 2012. Wait, wait, wait. I have, I have. Do you think Diego Costa is is better than Firmino? Uh, That's a serious question. As a a striker, yes, I think statistically. No, I think that's a silly question. Ask me a different question. I I don't. Okay, I I don't think that's crazy. But uh, like, I'd rather have Firmino in my team. Right now, yeah, but like at as a pure striker, sure. Like, like if I need goals in my team. Like, if I have one player left and I need goals in my team, I'm putting Costa on that team. But if I have, like, a legitimate team, um, I'm putting Firmino in that team. To do what? Firmino scores, like, eight goals a season. What is Werner The rest of the Chelsea strikers. <laughs> oh, my God. I feel, like, I feel like we're letting Hunter off too easy for his claim. I know we've <laughs> about, just spent the past ten minutes bullying him for his claim, but, like, I we, like we let him off too day. easy. And like I don't even like Liverpool, but like like Drogba versus Salah, would you would you go go to the mats for Drogba? Yes, get, give me that, Drogba that, in a cup final. Over that, every time. Kieran, it's it's because he's his boy and he's a baller. <laughs> <laughs> hey, don't don't you dare quote me like that. Oh okay, he's, he if, if if it's gonna be said, I'm gonna fucking say it. Okay, he's All my right, boy. Then. DDA Drogba is my boy, okay? He is a fucking baller. Put some emphasis on his fucking name, okay? He... Hunter. Give me, me DDA Drogba in a cup final over Mohamed Salah. That's not the question. Hunter, the, let, let me throw you an easy one here. Timo Werner or Mohamed Salah? Mohamed Salah. I'm not silly. I'm, I might be stupid, but I'm not dumb. Timo Werner. Timo All right, now Werner let's Firmino. go a little higher in difficulty here. Timo Werner or Bobby Firmino? Oh, he's Wait, thinking about it. He's it? thinking about it. He's literally <laughs> thinking about it. What, what, what does Bobby Firmino do that Timo Werner doesn't do? Okay. Timo he does Werner everything that you the say that Timo Werner does. 
Timo Werner. He makes runs. He makes <laughs> runs that draw the defender out. That wins uh, Chelsea the Champions League final that United hasn't been in since like 1998. Okay, uh, maybe 2006. 2008. Oh, sorry, I was off by two years. Boo-hoo. Okay, uh, you're right. Ooh, uh, here, wait, Werner or Rashford? I feel like that's a good one. Oh, this, this is an is easy one. This is a really easy one. Rashford barely. Rashford has not <laughs> been great this season. Okay, so. Last season, Timo Vern. Let's let's say let's rewind a year. Timo Vern. victory plus ratio. I don't give a fuck. No, no. Serious question: Is January twenty something of last year? Twenty twenty one. Rashford. Yeah, twenty twenty one. Subtract one is not that hard. No, I was saying January twentieth. Yeah. (laughs) Oh shit! My bad. Marcus Rashford or Timo Werner? You think I remember what I ate for breakfast this morning, let alone Ra- Marcus Rashford? All right, you know what? I, I'm here. done with this bullshit. <laughs> we got to stop this conversation. Wait, oh, wait. Hunter, who would you get rid of on your team? Let's, let's end it there. I think it's a pretty obvious answer now. Like... Yeah, for transfers, who are you getting rid of before January 31st? Not that you need to get rid of anyone. Uh, I would – if I was the sporting director of Chelsea, I would recall Danny Drinkwater from loan and sell him because he's a – I mean, I just realized that your entire way of life is about to go out the window with the whole loan policies being, like, revoked. Like, 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 half the players that we sent on a loan were just going to sell anyway. It doesn't matter. It it just makes Chelsea more money. Um, But to sell of the current squad... I think the entire football world should come together and refuse to buy any of the Chelsea players that are out on loan so that Chelsea is forced to fold as a club. That'd be sweet. What do you mean forced to fold? Wait, just, to, just to clarify for our listeners, there's I, I, I don't re- remember who it was enacted by. I don't know if it's the Premier League or if it's uh, UEFA, but um, there's only, what was it, six players? Yeah. Or no, no, not even. It was like... No, it was, yeah, six. Maybe it, was it was six. It was six. Six players are allowed to be on loan at one time. Um, and since Chelsea has 11,435, um, they're going to have issues. So that, that's, that's, that's what the, the conversation is about right now. That's what, that's what Karen brought up. Okay, listen, we don't have 11,000, whatever, something, something, 46 out on loan. According to FIFA, Chelsea have 12 players out on loan, which isn't even that much. And one of them is Day is Drinkwater. Who, who, <laughs> the whole who, squad. <laughs> it's, a, it's a whole squad plus a sub, but, like, a lot of them we can sell easily. But to answer Chris's original question, goddammit, I would sell Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Because he's a bum. He can dribble pretty well, but he doesn't do anything else. He's so stupid. I don't like him. And I would also probably sell Hakim Ziyech, which is, you know, apparently based on the last two games of form, he's one of the only attackers who can score. But I think he has a, a horrible attitude. And I think he, he, on average, in the last couple of games, has made more mistakes than he has good moves. Today against Tottenham was kind of a free pad the stats type of deal, but against Brighton, who we should be beating, like we beat Tottenham, he was misplacing passes, he was making bad decisions, he was dribbling when he shouldn't have, shouldn't shouldn't have been dribbling, and when he scored, he 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 looked like you know he let up an own goal instead of scoring. Ooh. Four, Chelsea, but, all right, so. I just thought of another winger that any of you any of you guys could buy. I can't buy him, but like, what about Pazendaka? 
I'm pretty sure Pranav already said that. No, he said Doku. No, I said Jeremy Doku. Oh, my, my bad. Thoughts and Daka is a good choice. Um, I don't that know really? that Lester is going to pa- 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 part with them so easily. Oh. I feel Maybe. like Daka is a striker, though. He's a winger. He's a winger is striker. He is, he a is he one of those that goes back and forth? Kind I of mean, it way. wouldn't be bad to have like another like uh, Diego Jota on our team. So, I mean, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, I'm just throwing out wingers. I still think Berardi is the best one to buy out of all of them. Honestly, I would rather. I don't think Chris needs any more attackers. For, for, if you want me to say United, I I think for United, um, it's pretty obvious that United just need a CDM. I've been saying this every single week. Um, and in terms of letting people go, I think either Lingard or Donny Van de Beek has to go. One what of them. Lindelof. I feel like he doesn't really. He kind of just sits there now. I feel like he no, he's been pretty good. good. Like he, 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 Maguire and Varane start over him, don't they? Not always. No. I, I Phil Jones Lindelof, is back, baby. I think Lindelof should start over Maguire, but because Maguire, I is agree. The captain, he's on the field. He's, I well, he got that taken away last game. I I oh. think that. Um, probably the best back center back pairing is somehow Veron and Lindelof, which is not like it's not amazing, but I just like, like I feel like he's a player you could get good money for if you're not going to use him. You know, like you could get like I think you get around 20 or 30 mil for Lindelof easily, easily like from like a, uh, I feel like they could they could just get 20, mm. and I don't. I don't know. His like best feature is that he plays really good long balls. So honestly, if they could just play him as a CDM, that's probably their best bet. <laughs> but is the, is that not like the kind of best tactic in modern football slash soccer? Exactly. I mean, is, it, you is can look up a highlight player, reel. Right? If like, you look up a highlight reel, it's like of Lindelof like pinging long balls. It's like pretty phenomenal. Like if you just saw that, you wouldn't. Like, it wouldn't matter that he's not, like, super tall or super muscular or, like, you know, he can't really win headers and stuff like that, which is what you need center backs to do. So, as a CDM, I mean, it's kind of – it just makes sense, but they're not going to switch his position, I think. Um, like, you might as well. well they well, might as not. well. <laughs> well, I I feel like just because he he's a decent ball-playing center back doesn't mean he'd be a great CDM. Because the no, like, I, I mean, yeah, like the, the, the positioning and and the 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 like awareness like is is just that slightly different to where you like you just can't switch players around. Like, would Virgil Van Dyke be a great CDM? I feel like he'd do okay because he's Virgil Van Dyke, but I don't think he'd be as good of a player as he is at center back. Well, Virgil Van Dyke is also like six ten and can win headers and is like a physical unit. Lindelof is like none of those things. Isn't Lindelof like 6'2"? Or is he shorter than I think he is? Let me look it up. But he's not strong. Like, dude's got no muscle on him. Uh, let me go look I it know. up. I feel, like, I feel like Ragnik would not be opposed to selling Harry Maguire to like Aston Villa for like a packet of peanut brittle. And then just like... They paid eighty million for that guy. <laughs> yeah, Rack didn't pay eighty million for him. Because you fuck. Uh, Lindelof is six two, but like he's not a muscular guy. Like I rarely see Lindelof win headers. Oh, uh, I mean, like I still want Martial. I still really like would totally take him. 
Marcial actually played pretty well in the 10 minutes he was on the field. He's he's an interesting case. I because like on paper he should go and like he has a pretty poor attitude and he said that he wants to go. But then I feel like Ralph just played him for 10 minutes because he was like, I need to prove to the fans that like I didn't say that I didn't mean what I said. I feel like that's really the only reason he did it. It was like, a, ah, I'm sorry. Here you go, kid. Go play for 10 minutes. But I don't know. I, I, I feel like Lingard or Donny Van de Beek have to go, whether it be alone. I feel like alone for Donny Van de Beek makes a lot of sense, particularly to a Prem club, because then it's like he can prove that he can play in the Prem because he's never been given that opportunity. For Lingard, loaning at this point doesn't really make a ton of sense because he's like 29 now. I mean, they can do it, but Give us like Van de Beek. please. That's <laughs> not how this, That's not how this works. See, like Van de Beek to Everton, like that would that might make sense. I oh, feel I like that would that. be a, a good loan. Oh my god, how much do you want to loan? What do you want? I mean, we're not going to sell him, but like alone and just like play him and like make him play well, and then he comes back to United and doesn't play. Like that's probably what's going to happen. Unfortunately, because <laughs> I, I don't I don't know how you can like look at Fred and McTominay every single week and be like, yep, these are these are the guys who Dude, need Fred, to play Fred's over a fucking baller now. No, yeah, Fred, Fred's been balling out recently, but like still like Donny Van de Beek is never given a fucking chance and it sucks. So the thing that I saw in a in little bit of the United match that I watched uh, was that I think Fred is one of the best players for Ralph Ragnick's system that, what is it, Gigan press, um, where just like everybody presses all out as much as possible. And Fred has been doing that even under Ole. Um, yeah, Fred is a great presser. Is he a good so passer? Like, no. no. No, and for me, like, if I'm a coach, the one thing I want of a CDM is someone who can pass the ball. And Fred cannot do that. Every time Fred passes the ball, I'm like, we're going to concede. And half the time we do. But no, you, I mean, you are, you are right about that, Hunter. Like, he does fit into the system, which Chris, sucks for Donnie. Chris, you'd take a better passer over a better defender for a defensive midfielder? Yeah, I honestly would. Really? So, would you rather have Fred or Jorginho? Would you rather have Fred or, or, or Ngola Conte? What do you what think? What's the stupid fucking question? I, uh, I don't like that. What do you think the answer to that question? Of course I would take so, Conte. And Golo Conte is, is a better defender, right? And he's one of the best defensive midfielders. He's in the world. also a better <laughs> passer than Fred by a landslide. Okay, l- listen. Okay, I, I made a mistake. Okay. <laughs> God, Golo Conte is literally one of the best CDMs of all time uh, at this point. Um, he's also he really one of the best box to box like... of all time. Also, like, <laughs> this is um, like, would you rather have Cristiano Ronaldo or Chris Wood? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know. Listen. Maybe Chris Wood. Chris Wood seems good. Listen, um, listen. Okay, no, I, no, I was, I was going to ask you. Would you rather have Fred or Fred or Jorginho? I'd rather have Jorginho. No, okay. Really, I, I, I see Chris's. I see Chris's point because uh, CDM is like the link between your your backline, your 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 uh, attacking line, and like if it, your CDM misses a tackle, like you still have center backs to um to help exactly. You, out. you still have like a line of defense behind you. 
um in, in chris's case it's, it's still a bit of liability but like it's like it's there it exists you know um but a cdm is, is supposed to start the plays and i think having a password there like definitely helps stream the attacks together um and especially in chris's case when like like there is like a like a pretty big link missing and pogba should be that link like not necessarily cdm but he should be that that link that like kind of gets them going but he just like i don't know he decides to show up when he wants to I mean, the, the other thing is, like, for me, like, when another team is pressing and the ball is in, like, your own 18-yard box, like, I want a good CDM who's going to pass the ball accurately. So, like, to me, that's, like, one of the most important features of a CDM. But, hey, I mean, I'm not a manager, so what do I know? So, for me, the especially in the system that United are running with the 4231. If you have two, like, deep-lying midfielders, whether or not you call them defensive midfielders or, or whatever, you have to have one that's going to win the ball back and one that can distribute. Um, you saw that work for the longest time with Chelsea in the, late, in the late 2000s and early 2010s, where you had, you know, like, players like, you know, Frank Lampard and Ramirez pairing up together um, and David Luiz playing in there where David Luiz when the ball played to Frank Lampard and Frank Lampard would go and score like he did 212 times for Chelsea. Um, but Why does this have to go back to Chelsea? Hunter, you're, you're <laughs> right, but but Chris has Tweedledee and Tweedledum playing in there. Like it's well, not the, like he's, he's exactly. Well, yes, but but I feel like if you look for one player, like if McTominay was a great defender as a defensive midfielder united would be so much better you know what i mean like lester won the title off the back of riyad Mahrez and jamie vardy scoring goals and angolo kante winning the ball back not angolo kante passing the ball it's angolo kante winning the ball back in midfield so i feel like obviously both are important you know what i mean to have a successful midfield to win premier league titles and games you have to have both if you can get it in, in one player, all the better. But if you can't get it in one player, you have to have one of each. And I think that in recent history, in, in recent times in the Prem, a midfielder that can win the ball back is showing to be more important than a, mid, than a defensive midfielder that can pass the ball from the defense to the attack. I don't know. Maybe it's just that I have years of anxiety of Fred misplacing the ball. Maybe it's just... That's what it is. But I like I, I see what you're saying, Hunter. Like it, you need both. But, you know, for me personally, and I, I think Pranav kind of agrees with me here, it's like someone who can pass, especially when you look at United's lineup. There's a lot of shakiness. I think I think for Chris, it's it's less about being like a God tier passer and being able to place the ball on a dime and more about having 15 yards of space and then placing it into three yards of space where an attacker can just take it and go attack. So I, th- I think I think like in that case, like you're passing me a liability, um, is a, is a pretty massive issue, which it is in, in Fred's case. But yeah, like like Hunter, Hunter, your 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 point is like like it makes sense, especially considering that like United has um, Bruno and, and Pogba, but like they have to get the ball to Bruno and Pogba, and United is a counterattacking team, and if that's the case, then, then it has to start with the CDM giving giving it to the the center midfielders or the the attacking midfielders. Because they're they're going to be pressed back, and in in that case, like you you need someone you need someone who's going to be able to make a pass instead of placing it right into the opposing attacker's path. 
right, let's uh let's wrap that conversation up. Kieran, do you want to do a quick uh Europe recap or do you guys want to just jump right into USA? What do you guys want to do? I'll give you Europe recap because it's going on. Um I mean Ligon's pretty standardized. I think everybody knows what's going on there. PSG's going to the league. Uh Bundesliga uh, the first, the top, Byron's on top by seven points. Um, so that's pretty much a foregone conclusion. I think one and two's uh, pretty much done. But the top four race is pretty cool right now. You got a whole free-for-all between. Uh, there's four points separating third and seventh. So uh, our, then re- really there's five points separating third and eighth. So like that could really be anybody at the moment. Um, I uh, like Leipzig starting to surge back into it. Leverkusen's pretty strong. Um Serie A is, again, still probably the most active title race with uh, Inter starting to, like, pull away. They're, they have four points and a game in hand uh, in terms of a lead. So maybe in a couple of weeks, it'll they'll be, like, the clear-cut favorites. But I, I don't know. In general, the, 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 rest of the, um, the rest of that table, like, that, five, that two through seven is still, like, a really interesting title, um, interesting, like, European race at the moment. Uh, I got. I just got to point out. I watched Napoli. Um, uh, Juventus play Roma, and that probably was the best game I saw this year. It was pr- pretty, pretty crazy. Uh, if, if anyone hasn't seen the highlights for that game, it was quite easily one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Um, then what's what's the last one? Oh, and La Liga. La Liga's fine. I mean, Barca and Atletico are actually. It's looking like they're going to be duking it out for uh for like fourth and fifth and stuff. And Sevilla played their games in hand and now they're they played their games in hand and now as things stand with Sevilla and Madrid on equal games played they're four points behind Madrid so uh and Madrid drew today actually fun fact they drew to Elche so yeah they had like rescue a draw too um I don't know like Sevilla like I like I mean I, I I mean I think I feel like I'm I feel like I've been the only one who's been trying to say that they're not out of it but they are still four points behind um, they drew Valencia midweek, which is pretty much why they're four points behind still. Otherwise, they'd be two, uh, like one or two points behind. But I don't know. Yeah, that's uh, that is what is going on in Europe these days. I don't know if anyone has any thoughts. Oh, I mean, I, I don't know if this is like Atletico hit heroics or um, or Valencia just just dropping the ball. Um, Yunus Musa scored that game, so I guess that's maybe I should that I should have said that a little bit after to segue into our USA segment, but. Um, yeah, Atletico was down 2 0 and then came back. Uh came came back after half to win 3 2. Um <clears throat> so that that was pretty cool. Uh a bright spot in like an otherwise like meh, season. Um and like the the Atletico fans were like kind of jeering Simeone, which is a little bit weird for for someone who's so beloved at uh in uh Vicente Calderon. Uh, Vicente Calderon. Um but yeah, I mean, Joe Felix was was subbed off, and that kind of allowed them to win, which is a little bit strange. Um, uh, and you know what? I want Joe Felix. That's what I've decided. Good luck, um, Hunter. You have anything to add? Uh, Pranav, you're gonna have to spend more than thirty million for Joe Felix, considering he came in for about 125 or so. Uh, and I don't think uh, Liverpool want to spend more than, you know, maybe. 12 pounds and a bag of chips on a player in January. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. Kieran, do you have anything else you want to add? I know you just did the recap. Do you have any additional comments? 
before I move to the USA? I am good. We're done. All right. Awesome. So this weekend we have international break. Uh, I'm kind of just going to hand the, the microphone over to Pranav and then Hunter on this one. Karen, you can feel free to contribute if you'd like, because um, I know Pranav and Hunter follow the U.S. quite a bit. Uh, just what are your what are your general thoughts on you know going into this game and um, are you feeling optimistic about the World Cup or what are your concerns? If you guys want to go through lineups, either I'll kind of just make this an open discussion. So th- this international break, um, the U.S. plays El Salvador, which should be a win. Uh, Canada, which could go either way. Canada is actually playing re- really well. I wouldn't be upset with a 1-1 or a 2-2 or something like that. And then we play uh, Honduras in the third game of the international break. Um, I think Chelsea should have at least six points from this international break. Anything less uh, will be a disappointment. Um, You you just said Chelsea. Ooh, wow. (laughs) The USA. Um, Wow, look at me go. Uh, the USA should have uh, at least six points from this international break. Anything less is a disappointment. Um, the big surprise here is that on the initial roster um, for, uh, for the international break, Greg Berhalter, who spells his name with two G's, uh, has selected four goalkeepers in Sean Johnson, Gabriel Salina, Zach Steffen, and Matt Turner, and only three out-and-out strikers in Giassi Zardes, Ricardo Pepe, and Jesus Ferreira. Um, so, for me, my, my big concern with the roster is why not bring up more strikers, um, you know, in, in the Daryl DK, the, the, the Jordan Peefock, the Josh Sargent type of deal. Um, so, it so it, it I think that's the only real big concern with the U.S. men's national team lineup is like who who really is out here scoring our, all of our goals, um, who, who is our biggest threat, and if it's, if it's really going to be a winger or a midfielder, that is kind of a really big hole that we have. Did he, did he call up uh, Tim Weah? He did, but I think he prefers Tim Weah as a. Uh, as a winger, um, I was saying in our little pre, uh, pre-recording little spiel that the USA kind of has like three and a half strikers. Um, I don't think Tim Weah will play striker during this international break. I think he's probably going to be more of a, of a winger. Um, it'll, probably be Christian, it'll probably be Christian Pulisic on the left wing, Tim Weah on the right wing, or Brendan Aronson. And then for the first game, probably Ricardo Pepe. Uh, through the middle, but I think that's the USA's biggest issue right now is not having enough out and out strikers, center forwards, number nines to start games. Uh, because honestly, I'm not a big fan of Jesse's art, as I think he's more of a of a workhorse uh, as opposed to an out and out starting striker. I don't have much else to. <clears throat> To add, uh, I, I mean, I'm not that concerned because it's, it's uh, El Salvador. I don't, I don't think USA really has um, that much to worry about in terms of like qualification. I, I mean, I would love to beat Canada, um, 
and uh, get on top of the table. But uh, like I, I think we'll do fine against El Salvador, uh, especially is it I think is at home too. Um, and then Honduras is at home, and Canada is basically at home. So, um, so uh, and I want to I want to congratulate Josh. Chris, are you okay? Okay. Um, I want to congratulate Josh Sargent uh, for scoring his first and second uh, Premier League goals. One was a nasty scorpion. Um, so that, that was that was pretty huge for him. Also, uh, speaking of things like we, for, we forgot, because we, we, we all forgot to say something about Josh Sargent. Um, did any of us bring up the Super League as our, like, low for the for the year? I feel like we just, Oh, like, I don't think we did. I kind of totally bypassed that. I was thinking about that I, earlier today, and I was like, wait. I definitely this? didn't, because Christian Eriksen... Yeah. So like, but I feel, I feel like we all just totally missed the Super League, uh, Super League. I can't, I can't believe that was last year. That feels like it was much longer ago for some right? reason. Yeah, yeah. It was, it was like, it was, it was like March-ish of, of last year. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's a kind of random non sequitur that, that uh, I, I just thought of uh, for some reason. Um, yeah, shout out to George Sargent. Uh, I, I think we'll do, I think we'll do fine. I don't, I don't really see that many, that many issues. I think uh, the only, the only problem I think is that like we have a lot of general issues uh, with selecting like, like a, like a straight up first team. Um, and I don't think that all the exclusions and stuff are going to help with that, especially when there, there aren't a lot of like first choice, uh, first choice people available. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, I, you, you, the reason I asked about Tim Wea is because you were like, oh, I don't know, like where the, the, the goals are coming from. Um, I don't know. I, the, the the game against Mexico just really got me on that 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 Wea hype train. So, um, yeah. Tim uh, Tim Wea has two goals in eighteen appearances for the U.S. Um, he's been playing he's been playing really well, like as a wide kind of provider um, and kind of like chance creator for the U.S. Um, but you, but you look at like the forwards selected for the U.S. men's national team, and three of them have have double digit goals, and that's Jordan Morris with ten goals and forty appearances, Jassy Zardes uh, with fourteen goals and sixty six appearances for a striker. I don't know how he keeps he keeps getting selected, and Christian Pulisic, oh boy, with seventeen goals and forty in forty two appearances. Um, so we don't really have a whole lot of like history with goal scoring with this team. Um, a lot of it is just young guys and kind of riding off the hype, unfortunately, um, which in some cases is a good thing. In a lot of cases, kind of sees players crash and burn harder than they should be. Um, but yeah, I'm hopeful. I think that the U.S. will definitely qualify for the World Cup. It's just a matter of whether we come first or second. Um, I don't, I think Mexico is too old to really be challenging for that top spot. Yeah, I can, I can kind of see that. Uh, just to correct what I said earlier, the Chiefs ended up winning the game, um, so that kind of sucks. Uh, I thought the Bills had it from there, but then they they got a field goal, and uh, and then football overtime is like the dumbest thing. Like, I'm willing to talk about that conversation, but like football overtime, if you. Is if you win the coin toss, which the Chiefs did, you basically win the game. So they won on that touchdown drive. Um, anyway, do you guys have anything else you want to add before we wrap things up here? 
Yeah. Um, Pranav mentioned how like the USA doesn't really have a out and out starting 11. Um, I feel like in some scenarios, that's actually a good thing. Like at goalkeeper, you know what I mean? Like where it's like Zach Steffen can be like, like labeled as the number one, but then Matt Turner or even Ethan Horvath, who for some reason didn't get selected for this call up can come in and, and still play really well. Or like at striker, um, uh, not Jazzy's artist, the stupid Ricardo Pepe or like Jesus Ferreira or Jordan Peefock or, or Josh Sargent can, can all start and put in a shift. But I, but I, I will agree with Pranav that like having that solidified starting 11 is kind of one of the best things you can do for team chemistry, which will go a long, which will go a long way uh, for a team as a whole. Um, you'll have your your obvious suspects like Christian Pulisic, like like Weston McKinney, like like Yunus Musa, but apart from from and Gio Reyna when he's healthy. But apart from those kind of three or four players, um, having the lineup kind of up in the air has its positives and negatives, I feel like. So I, I kind of struggle to see the positives just because, like, Greg Berhalter doesn't have he's – not, he's not Pep Guardiola. He doesn't have, he doesn't have the tactical acumen of, like, a, like a top manager. Um, so he's not, he's not going to be able to, like, move people around. And like, you, you still have to play the player's strengths and stuff. And I think, I think Berhalter just isn't – sure what to do like like pep is just like he's got a wealth of options and he's he's moving people around because he needs a certain thing for a certain game whereas like berhalter's just like i i mean this guy can probably do this and you just throw him in there you know um and that's that's kind of that's kind of how it looks like we're going um but i mean i i'll be pretty happy if, it, if it's just like oh anyone can put in a shift for us and it'll be fine uh but it doesn't necessarily look that way you know like you don't you don't tie jamaica um with if you had that kind of team, that kind of uh, consistency. You're muted, Hunter. <laughs> Hunter muted himself and then started talking. Yeah. I thought I was muted the whole time. Anyway, um, I'm not saying that the U.S. has, like, the depth and the versatility that, like, a Manchester City does. Um, but, like, in the case of, like, the goalkeepers, you know what I mean? Like, like you can say, like, oh, like, Zach Steffen is the best option you know, like, like he should be in that main starting 11, but I feel like having that at least competition in there will push both players to do better. You know, like I, I am agreeing with you in the fact that like having that uncertainty in there, you know, like in the, in the defense, in the midfield, you know, like is a negative thing where it's like, especially like as a defender myself, you want to have that chemistry, that, that kind of cohesion, knowing what your defensive partner is going to do and, in any given situation and changing the lineup every single game kind of hurts that. But, but in, in some instances having competition and enough players that perform well at any given position can sometimes be a good thing. You guys have anything else to add before we wrap things up here? I want to sign an attacker who will make things gel again. You're just going to play them as a wing back. All right. Uh, thank you, everyone, so much for pl- uh, listening to the podcast if you made it this far, which if you did, like, that's some loyalty. We do appreciate that. Um, but, uh, yeah, have a great week, everyone, and we will see you next week. Maybe, maybe not. Who knows?
I guess it is the international break, so probably not a ton to talk about. But uh, if not, you know, we'll see you in the upcoming weeks and we'll have some more content up for you. So have a good week. Bye-bye.